Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. They are going crazy in Michigan as Junior is looking for the checkered flag. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is a hell of a guy. He's a guy that, that I look up to. Dale Earnhardt Jr. has won the Daytona 500 for the second time. Congrats to Junior. The world is right right now. Dale Jr. just won the Daytona 500. The Motor Racing Network presents Junior's Journey. Every time he comes by, the fans give a hearty cheer and a fist pump as Junior continues to lead. People adore him because he is just such a unique, real, down-to-earth person. I'm just a pilot, man. You know, I just want everybody to be happy. I want to do good. And, and uh, hopefully all of my dad's fans enjoyed this. This for all them. Welcome to Junior's Journey, a walk through the life and driving career of NASCAR's most popular driver, Dale Earnhardt Jr. I'm Susie Armstrong. Last week, we learned how the sport's most popular driver coped with losing his father. This week, we turn our focus to one of Dale Earnhardt's biggest influences on his son's career his prowess on restrictor plate tracks. At Daytona International Speedway and Talladega Super Speedway, NASCAR mandates that engines acceleration and horsepower are inhibited to help prevent them from getting airborne in the event of a crash. A side effect is cars that are usually faster have more trouble getting away from the field, resulting in larger packs of vehicles throughout the race. Dale Earnhardt was a master at that style, with some saying he could see the air and therefore make the right moves at the right time to advance his position or stay out front. Dale Jr. noticed something was different about how his dad raced at super speedways. I watched dad. I didn't know what I was seeing when I was watching him, but once I got out on the track and I started doing things with my car, I, I realized what I was seeing all those years and why it was why, why things were happening the way they were. And I you know, started to understand why. I'm like, why, do, you know, how does the side draft feel if you've never been out there? Why do they do that? And, and why do they, you know, side draft and swing away? And, and why why is that happening? You don't know that till you get out there in the car. And once you get out there in the car and you just do it enough. I always tried to get in practice and be aggressive. You know, when young guys ask me about drafting, I say, go out and practice and learn everything you can. A lot of guys go out and practice and we don't practice as much pack racing as much as we used to, but back in the day, we'd get 20, 25 cars out in the draft. I was out there like as a race, you know, and I was trying to put my car in every position I could to learn whatever I could about its ability and, and whether we needed to work on something. Uh, we don't get to do that as much anymore, but that's so I tell guys when I, they ask me about uh, advice is to go out there and practice and learn everything you can and be aggressive in practice. You can't really wait around the race to try to learn everything you need to learn. Those early lessons paid off for Junior. Of his 26 Career Cup wins, 10 came at Daytona and Talladega. He earned seven more at Daytona in preseason qualifying and exhibition races and has led more than 1,500 laps at the two venues. And his fans loved 
everyone. Here comes Dale Earnhardt Jr. drafting help from Ricky Rose. Kevin Harvick changes lanes, goes to the bottom. Robbie Gordon goes topside. Jr. changes lanes. He goes low. Everybody swapping lanes on the back straightaway. Dale Earnhardt Jr. to the bottom around Gordon. Here comes Earnhardt with a head of steam. Earnhardt looking for the lead in turn three. Kevin Harvick down low. Dale Earnhardt Jr. up top. The fans are going crazy at Talladega. Harvick Jr. side by side off of turn number four for the race lead. Dale Jr. was as far back as 14th at one point just about 15 or 20 laps ago and now he's going back to the front of the field at least he is trying to as they come down there will be two laps to go former crew chief and current fox sports analyst larry mcreynolds isn't sold on the notion that junior skill is simply the result of good genes the greatest doctor in the world cannot convince me that understanding how to draft at Daytona or Talladega is hereditary. I just, I can't make myself believe that. That I just don't think that's medically possible. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is, is so much smarter, I think, than what people really give him credit for. Uh, he is like a sponge. He pays attention to everything. And, you know, I probably didn't realize this until he did a little bit of work with us Uh, on some of the Xfinity Series broadcast on Fox and FS1 last year, and then working in our booth during the clash. And it's like, this guy, he he pays attention to everything. And I think as he watched his dad run races at Daytona and Talladega, I think Dale Earnhardt Jr. listened, he paid attention, he watched. There's no question that I'm sure he and his dad had many conversations about drafting at Daytona and Talladega, and I think Dale Jr. listened to every bit of it. But I just think Dale Earnhardt Jr. pays attention. He's like a sponge. And, and I think all of those things collectively is what led him to be uh, about as good at Daytona and Talladega as his dad was. Danny Chocolate Myers was Dale Earnhardt's fuel man and is now a host on Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. He observed Dale Jr. from the time he was a child and agrees with McReynolds. You know, I, I'm going to tell you something. Dale Jr. said this before. That, that back in those days when he couldn't come to the racetrack, when, when, when he was either in school or just couldn't travel, that he would watch those races over and over and over again and watch his dad and watch that restrictor plate racing stuff and, and all the other things. But I, I think that had a big part to do with it. And then later on when he was started to race, of course, he talked to Dale. But I think the early days of just watching over and over and over again I think that's where he figured it out. Learned or inherited, there's no denying the younger Earnhardt's ability in the draft. Less than a dozen drivers have won the Daytona 500 more than once, and Dale Jr. is one of them. His second came in 2014 with Hendrick Motorsports. Here they come for the final time up the super stretch. Who will win the Daytona 500? Dale Earnhardt Jr. at the bottom of the racetrack. Throws the block topside. Throws the block downstairs. Dale Earnhardt Jr. leads to three. There comes Brad Keselowski in the outside lane. Denny Hamlin to the bottom. They're three wide further back. But at the bottom of the racetrack, it is all Dale Earnhardt Jr. as they crash now off turn four. Here they come, racing back to the start-finish line. Dale Earnhardt Jr. throws the block on Denny Hamlin. Across the line he comes, and Dale Earnhardt Jr. has won the Daytona 500 for the second time in his career. We go to all these other racetracks twice a year. Go to Bristol twice a year. If you win at Bristol, you win at Bristol. You get to go there twice, you get two shots at it. Those, you know, those two shots add up over a career, and it seems like you know you get a lot of opportunities, but it, you only get one shot a year at the Daytona 500. And uh, if you have a 
you know, fortunate enough to have a good long career. That's 15, 20 opportunities to win. And uh, the competition's so tough, and the odds of actually getting in there and actually doing that and winning the race are really slim. So I was preparing myself when I started racing to, to, for it to be a long, long sought out, uh, you know, opportunity and that I, and, and you know, I might have to reserve myself to not winning it, you know, because it's just such a difficult race to win. And I won it really early in my career and I couldn't believe it. The, my, my, the feeling in 2004 was all relief that I didn't have to chase that it anymore. It's pretty, pretty special. It's, uh, and, and once you win it once, it's just like color TV, man. Once you get to watch color TV for the first time, you don't want to go back to black and white. So uh, when I won it for the first time, I just couldn't wait to get back to victory lane. And, again, you you win it once, and you, your odds obviously go up for winning it a second time. They get even, they get even strong, you know, tougher. So, But we had everything just perfect, and the car just kept telling me that it was – this was meant to be, you know. We had the car was too good to not win that race, and uh, I would had been pretty foolish to have had such a good car and not and it and not win it. It just seemed like it was meant to be, and as every lap was run and 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 things were working out, it just seemed like it was going to be our night. The car is certainly a large part of the equation, and as Dale Jr. showed with his first Daytona 500 win while running for Dale Earnhardt Incorporated, knowing when to make passing moves is important, but so is knowing how to keep the lead once you get it. Two and a half miles away from the checkered flag, they go back into turn number one, Earnhardt Jr. by two car lengths as they hit turn one. Two car lengths, the advantage for Dale Earnhardt Jr. as he climbs the banking for the final time this afternoon. Brings the Budweiser Chevrolet to the point, right down on the yellow line. Here comes Jr. off turn two for the final time. If Tony Stewart has anything left, it's time to slap the cards down on the table. So far, so good for Dale Earnhardt Jr. Jr. breaks the draft, dives down to the inside, puts a car length between himself and Tony Stewart. Dale Earnhardt Jr. leads to turn three. Everybody on their feet in Daytona. Dale Earnhardt Jr. now with a three-car length advantage over Tony Stewart. Dale Earnhardt Jr. looking for the checkers. Coming off turn four to the line to settle the Daytona 500. Dale Earnhardt Jr. pulls down to the start-finish line. He will win the 46th running of the Great American Race. It'll be his ninth Super Speedway victory, his second win at the World Center of Racing, DEI does it again. Winning anywhere means a lot, sure. Daytona is a special place to me because of uh, my, you know, my father dying here. Um, I'm always connected. I'm totally uh, a part of this place for the rest of my life, regardless of what the history of the track is, um, just this area and this, this place. And I used to come down here as a kid, hang out. Um, I got to be good buddies with Jimmy Foster and ran around town with him, clubbing and carrying on in my 20s. And... Uh, just I've I've seen every corner of this place, and um, I love it as a town, um, and it ain't changed much to me, but um, and the track just has such a beautiful history and uh, so much great so many great things have happened here. To me, it's the track in our series. It is the it's the mother of all race tracks in this sport and in NASCAR racing. So um, all. Everything about our sport leads back to this place, to me, in my mind. So it's very important. Former crew chief slugger Labby got to witness Dale Jr.'s development firsthand when he was crew chief for Michael Waltrip, where he worked alongside Tony Urie Sr. and Jr. A lot of it was 
you know, you hear Dale Jr. every time you talk to him about restricted play racing, he talks about the car, you know, and, and to me, I think you got to have a good car and a smart driver and a great spotter. And Dale Jr. has always been fortunate to be in those situations. Uh, you go back to the days of DEI when I worked there, we spent a tremendous amount of hours on our speedway program. The Yuris were real competitive. I was really competitive. And uh, there were times when I would go up to the eight shop and uh, Jay Ganeri would have an air horn. He would toot the air horn every time I walked in the door because he simply, the guys didn't want me to see what they were working on on their speedway cars. So uh, they would cover their cars up and do all kind of crazy stuff. But it was really, really competitive. But, you know, we worked really, really hard on our speedway cars. And, and that's what it took was a good car, good driver, good spotter. They all complemented each other. And Without one, you weren't successful. Timing is also a huge part of restrictor plate racing. And for Dale Earnhardt Jr., his first win at Daytona came with a ton of scrutiny. In July of 2001, NASCAR returned to the World Center of Racing for the first time since the accident that claimed the life of Dale Earnhardt. It was an emotional day for the entire sport, but especially for those at DEI. Final time to the back straightaway. Dale Earnhardt Jr., Michael Waltrip rolls reverse from the way they ran down the back straightaway on the final lap in February. They go nose to tail. Sadler and Labonte side by side for third. It's Earnhardt into turn three. Earnhardt is your leader. Michael Waltrip is second, and the battle is side by side for third. But here comes Dale Earnhardt Jr. He'll lead on turn four. What a headline this is going to make. Dale Earnhardt Jr. comes back to the Daytona International Speedway, leading the pack, coming to the line. He will win the Pepsi 400. I hope them fans enjoyed it. I know I was out front an awful lot, but dang, I didn't know what else to do with the car I had. What does this win mean to you? This win is probably, this win is definitely the biggest of my career. I love coming to Daytona. I always came here as a little kid and just walked into place with my jaw dragging the ground. And uh, to win here, uh, especially under the circumstances, it really means a lot. It's really almost overwhelming. I don't really know how I'm going to top it. Even if some believe there's no solid genetic connection to explain Dale Jr.'s success on super speedways, NASCAR Hall of Fame executive director and Motor Racing Network lead pit reporter Winston Kelly thinks something was handed down from father to son. You have to first start by believing that something's in the genes, that, you know, you just get certain things. You know, I think we all can look at our parents. I can look and at some of the, the traits that I have, good or not, that I can point to my mother or my father. And I think that's just one of them, that he just had that instinct. You know, they, they said Dale Sr. could see the air. He just knew what the air was going to do in different situations. And I think that's what Dale Earnhardt Jr. did. He had that innate ability to know what the air was going to do and how it would affect the car in different situations. And he put himself in the right position, whether it was leading or not, to win so many races at both Daytona and Talladega. To be sure, many of Dale Jr.'s finest moments have come at Daytona, but Talladega Super Speedway is home to six of his wins, including four in a row from 2001 to 2003. Junior to the bottom there, three wide for the lead at Talladega. This is for the top spot as returns three and four. Dale Jr. shoots out ahead, making about two car lengths over the second place man of Elliott Sadler. Matt Kenseth is in third, and they're three wide from fourth on back. Exciting racing like I have never seen before here at Talladega Super Speedway in the closing laps of the Aaron's 499. 
Dale Earnhardt Jr. fights his way, literally fights his way back to the lead. He shows the way now with three laps to go. An unbelievable move for Dale Jr., but that has not closed the deal yet. Elliott Sadler just a car length back. Three more back to Matt Kenseth in third. Side by side for fourth. Kevin Harvick to the inside on Ricky Craven. What an unbelievable move by Dale Earnhardt Jr. One lap ago on the backstretch. Enough to make the hair stand up on the back of your neck. He's got the lead with Elliott Sadler in second. Those two have three car lengths over Matt Kenseth and Kevin Harvick. Harvick laying the bumper to Kenseth in three. This one is not over yet. It's Chevy versus Ford for the top spot. As Sadler looks down low, nothing doing there. Kenseth goes up to the high side. He'll draw up alongside Sadler for that second spot. The field makes their way off turn four. You were absolutely certain it couldn't get any more intense in the early part of the afternoon than it was then, but it is right now. We're getting down to crunch time here at Talladega. Two laps to go. Kenseth leads Earnhardt Jr. by just about a foot. They go at it for the lead in turn one. Earnhardt to the bottom wants the lead back and he will take it away in turn one. Dale Earnhardt Jr. to the lead. Harvick now to second. Elliott Sadler third. Ricky Craven to fourth. Down the back straightaway. Front four cars run single file. They're stacked up three wide for fifth. Got Terry Labonte down to the inside. Matt Kenseth in the middle. Jimmy Johnson up top. Now Johnson bails out. Here's side by side for fifth now. Kelly, the, the uh, Terry Labonte car and Matt Kenseth in three. Kevin Harvick wants to make some noise before this one is over and he has chased down the leader Dale Earnhardt Jr. Closing to within one half a car length of the rear bumper there's trouble. It's Jimmy Johnson. He's in a slide down to the bottom of the racetrack in turn four. Doesn't make contact with the wall, but Johnson has spun here at turn four. Jimmy Johnson spins down on the apron of the racetrack as they come down and take the white flag. The caution does not come out. Johnson is out of harm's way. Didn't appear to make any contact with anything else. And now it's about a two-mile run to the checkered flag. Who is it going to be? They're in two. Kevin Harvick trying to make a run on Dale Earnhardt Jr. Looks to the inside. Jr. blocks it. Off turn two. The fans going nuts as Jr. hits the back chute. Dale Earnhardt Jr. splits the difference. Here comes Kevin Harvick. He changes lanes down to the inside. Earnhardt Jr. blocks him. Jr. now down to the inside. Harvick's hands are tied. He can't do anything. It's all Dale Jr. to three. Final time into turns three and four. It's Dale Jr. by just three yards over Kevin Harvick. The third place man is Ellie. Sadler. Ricky Craven is in fourth. They're single file, but it's Dale Jr. leading the field off of turn four. The Budweiser Chevrolet comes into the trioval, works his way to the start-finish line, going for four in a row at Talladega. He makes it happen, winning the Aaron's 499. Dale Jr., the winner. Well, we slid back, and we was getting in the wrong line, and couldn't get a whole lot of help. I mean, we got help from people, and I told my spotter we slid back to about 10th there with three to go i said man don't don't worry we can still win it we can still win it and uh uh you know i don't know you know you just took the runs you could get and uh had a big old hole down there going in three ran down across the apron and took the lead and never looked back i got to thank first off uh kevin harvick he was my drafting partner when it counted and uh we wouldn't be sitting here without without the help he gave us there at the end all the other people we drafted with i mean you Instead of thanking your crew these days, you got to thank all the guys you work with during the race. But, that, I mean, you know, they, they deserve, uh, they're the reason we're here. Knowing how and when to make moves on a restrictor plate track is crucial to success at a place like Talladega. And even though his streak at the 2.66-mile super speedway stopped at four, he was right back in victory lane there in 2004. One lap to go, but they're chasing Dale Jr. Kevin Harvick now is the man in second. Jr. right up next to the wall. The crowd absolutely losing its mind on the back chute. Here comes Jr. off turn two with a rear view full of Kevin Harvick. One car into the wall off turn two. Greg Biffle gets 
next turn, he'll collect one or two other machines halfway down the back straightaway as Dale Earnhardt Jr. leads Kevin Harvick by a car length back to three. It's Chevrolet's up front. Kevin Harvick is trying to try to do everything he can to run down Jr. Jr. runs the bottom. Harvick is right, Dale. Dale Jared trying to lend drafting help, but here comes the Budweiser Chevrolet. The crowd on their feet. Jr. is headed for the checkers. Dale Earnhardt Jr. trying to pick up the win at Talladega Super Speedway. Kevin Harvick doing all he can, and all he can do is fall in behind and follow the Budweiser Chevy across the line. Junior does it again. And at the line, Elliott Sadler flips completely over, lands back on all four tires, continues to roll along. Dale Earnhardt Jr. has won at Talladega. Let's go to pit road. And let's get a thought from Tony Urey Sr. Tony, Tony, you guys fell all the way back to 14th. Did you think he had enough? Were you worried there toward the end? Well, we uh, we made a call when he come down pit road there when they caution come out and uh, we only had like two seconds to make that call and uh, we made the right one. We put two tires on it. Knew all those other guys was going to gas and uh, you know uh, with this package right here, tires meant a lot. Just two on the right side meant a lot and uh, we knew we had the best wheel men out there and uh, Budweiser Chevy got it done. Through it all, Dale Jr. says there's more to Talladega than the racing. It's a place where fans have always embraced him. There's a lot of them here. Um, you know, it seems like we have a ton of fans in this area. You know, the first time I ever really went deer hunting was with my father in Alabama. <sighs> Used to have a lot of friends down here. Uh, everybody's kind of grown up and moved out, but used to come down here when I was working with Budweiser and Remington and, and do some hunting. Always loved coming here as a kid uh, to see the races. This was such a fun racetrack to be at and a uh, little go-kart track. Um, not far from here where we stayed at the hotel and we used to uh, burn through a hundred dollar bill there every, every night with my buddies Mike Wickham, Bob's son and Doug Williams' son Scotty and Brad Means, Jimmy's son so been coming here a long time dad won a lot of races here, we won some races uh, won four in a row pretty much was uh, unbeatable there for a while, just about had five in a row over there in turn three and four they gave it to Gordon and then we won the we won the next time back, which would have been six in a row. So, pretty good little streak there. I think the fans really appreciated uh, what we were doing on the track. We were, uh, they come out here to have fun, you know. They come out here. I think watching a race at Talladega is so different than anywhere else. Because at Talladega, when you come to watch a race, just imagine all you guys in here that you have a favorite driver, right? If you go to a race at Talladega, your driver can literally possibly take the lead at any moment in the race. You can't say that anywhere else. With that comes a responsibility, I think, as a driver to try to make that happen. Because when you come off turn four, you can see a big difference in arms in the air and and people excited about what just happened when you take the lead. And that really, you can't create that anywhere else. So, uh, And they, they want you to keep doing that all day long because they just want to celebrate all day. They want to have fun. And when you get up there and mix it up and it gives them what they want. I think that's why I like running here. Definitely makes it a unique experience as opposed to any other track we go to. Count Motor Racing Network pit reporter Alex Hayden among those who believe Earnhardt was born with some of his ability on the big tracks, but he also knows that it was honed over the years with hard work. His father was spectacular on plate tracks, and it's just something that Dale Earnhardt Jr. picked up on extremely well, being able to manipulate the air, being able to see an opening 
in the draft before somebody else saw it. And and his instincts are just razor sharp. And I'm not going to say they were. They still are. They're razor sharp when he's racing in a pack in a draft, whether it be at Daytona or Talladega. I, I just think that's something that, that he was just born with. He's just good when it comes to that style of racing. I don't think it's necessarily just his dad that, that taught him plate racing. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is a student of this sport. He loves the history of it. He loves to study it. And you can go back and look. There's a lot of good plate racers. There, there, there really are really good drafters out there. And Dale Earnhardt Jr. probably took cues from a lot of different drivers. Not necessarily just his father. While he did get advice, no question about that, and get pointers from his dad, uh, he was also a student. He learned from a lot of different people in a lot of different ways. And you can't go wrong. If you take your time and do your homework and study things, you have to get better. No matter which side of the debate you come down on, Dale Earnhardt Jr. himself knows that in restrictor plate racing, even a small edge can be the one that carries you to victory. I do think I understand the draft really well. I'm sure a lot of guys in the field understand it just as well as I do. It seems like that everybody's caught on to side drafting and how important that is and when it's when when on the track it is best to use and how to use it to make moves and continue to create moves. Guys are getting so much smarter, it's getting a lot harder. Years ago it was like we were the only one out there that knew most of the stuff and now most of the guys know everything and hard to make all the moves you want to make because some of them guys are pretty smart. There's a lot of great plate racers in this in the sport. Denny Hamlin, Logano, Kurt Busch is always up front. Uh, McMurray is always going to be moving toward the front. He's a great plate racer, and it seems to suit a certain personality, a certain style. You know, the same guys seem to always run well at the plate tracks. Next week on Junior's Journey, we'll take a look at the driver's move from his family team to Hendrick Motorsports. Until next time, I'm Susie Armstrong. Junior's Journey is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and Daytona Beach, Florida. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. Junior's Journey is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. Curated by Kohl's latest collection is now available in select stores and at Kohl's.com. For a limited time, shop unexpected new favorites like reusable drinkware from Corksicle and fun arts and crafts from UB. Vormi's heatable plush toys are perfect for little ones. Homesick handcrafted candles are a great gift to make anyone feel at home. And who doesn't love sweet treats from Candy Club? Shop curated by Kohl's for these digital need-to-know brands and more. Tap the banner now or visit Kohl's.com. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy four tires to Noco Racing Fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's back here for Ryan Blaney, four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak.